This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Terry's Used Knife and Sword Emporium studio here in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. More and more people are saying it. Pete Buddha CI Edge. I'm just hearing it a lot. More often. It's a thing that people are saying. This. I am also hearing people say more and more people are saying Pete Buddha CI Edge. And it quite frankly, it's spreading like wildfire. I saw someone note on Twitter how the CIA has retweeted Pete Buddha CIA Edge. <laughs> That that wasn't true. No, they have. Oh, what? it wasn't true? No, it wasn't true. <laughs> I fell for it. I usually am pretty good at falling for you that did. stuff. You're the one who falls for that stuff. Well, I have to admit that when I saw it, I checked the CIA's Twitter uh, account, and they don't retweet anyone, or they haven't, at least, in a very long time. Well, so- regardless, more and more people are still saying it. I saw someone someone brag about it, be like, yeah, I know it was fake news. Who gives a shit? He's a fucking worm. And I, and I was sort I think of thinking that's like... the attitude the left needs to take, to yep, be honest. I think we need to uh, embrace that black pill. Yeah, we said on the show a few weeks ago that we need to just straight up start lying more often <laughs> about the other side, about the opposition. And it turns out a lot of them aren't lies, so... Think of whatever the worst thing you could imagine uh, the right doing, and they probably are doing it. So, and and, and Pete Buddha CIA Edge is on the right. He is on the right. Yeah, of course. Uh, Let's see. The DOJ is out with a sentencing memo for former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, uh, recommending that Flynn get six months in prison. You might remember Flynn pled guilty two years ago uh, to doing unregistered work as a foreign agent, but he promised to work with special counsel Robert Mueller. Ultimately, he resisted a lot of that work, tried to get out of that plea deal. Now he's likely going to jail, not for long, for six months. Point of all this is Flynn never flipped. Flynn unflipped! (laughs) Or never flipped search, in the first place. Search on Twitter for Flynn flipped or Flynn is flipping, Flynn flipping, Flynn flipper flapper. <laughs> You'll find endless tweets of pretty reputable people talking about this means Flynn is going to flip. Mostly MSNBC talking heads. Flynn never flipped. Just settling this old score here. It is fun to say Flynn, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so you get just as much saying fun saying Flynn didn't flip. Maybe not, but as Flynn flip, Flynn unflip. Flynn was a flip flop. There we go. Flynn flip flop. That's it. All right. It's Tuesday, January 7th, 2020. Here's the news. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo briefed reporters today. He was pressed about the decision to assassinate Iranian General Qasem Soleimani. And the secretary's justification for the strike has completely shifted. No longer was Soleimani killed to prevent an imminent threat to the U.S. as the administration uh, sometimes claims, initially claimed. We heard the defense secretary just uh, moments ago as we were walking in here sort of allude to 
though without providing any intelligence whatsoever to back up this assessment that Soleimani was some sort of threat. Obviously, this is bullshit. Instead, Pompeo is straight up admitting that the strike against Soleimani was part of the general strategy pursued by the administration after it left the nuclear agreement. One it coined as, quote, maximum pressure, a mixture of sanctions, diplomatic efforts, and now targeted assassinations. Here is Pompeo confirming that under questioning today from reporter Josh Rosen. Since the Trump administration withdrew the United States from the Iran nuclear deal, mm-hmm. what, about two years ago or so, um, the Trump administration has said repeatedly that it is pursuing against Iran a maximum pressure campaign. First question, the Soleimani operation, was that part of the maximum pressure campaign? You, you asked about the scope of the, camp, the strategy and the maximum pressure campaign that we've had in place. It has a diplomatic component, it has had an economic component, and it has had a military component. And then you saw more tactically, just these last few days, uh, the president's response when uh, the Iranians made a bad decision to kill an American. We hope, we hope they won't make another bad decision just so, like just that one. Clear. Uh, the Soleimani strike was part of the administration's maximum pressure campaign, and going forward, the Iranians should understand as they develop their calculus that similar actions, such as the Soleimani strike, could well continue to be a feature of this maximum pressure campaign. I think the president's been unambiguous in his, uh, both the remarks he made down in Florida, as well as the tweets that he's put out about the seriousness with which we take this. So we've got the Secretary of State admitting that official U.S. policy was to withdraw from the Iran nuclear agreement and instead take up assassinations of Iranian leadership and that more could follow. Just very dark, very psychotic, very depraved. I really got the energy of like a teenage boy defending how uh, he and all his friends just shot up an animal. Yeah. Like a raccoon or a bird or something. Yeah, speaking of violations of international law and Trump's Twitter account, Pompeo was asked about President Trump threatening to bomb Iranian cultural sites. Secretary claimed that the administration would follow the rule of law, a claim that you can't really take seriously since, well, no administration has ever followed international rule of law. And also since Secretary Pompeo is also claiming that Trump never threatened to bomb cultural sites, even though Trump explicitly did once on Twitter in a tweet he hasn't deleted and once on Air Force One afterward, two reporters who heard it and reported it. Yet here is Secretary Pompeo. The president said on Air Force One coming back after you had been on the Sunday talk shows that they're allowed to kill our people, they're allowed to torture and maim our people, They're allowed to use roadside bombs and blow up our people, and we're not allowed to touch their cultural sites. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Defense Secretary Esper has made it clear that he would not follow an order to hit a cultural site, which would be a war crime. I'm wondering whether you would also push back in your advice or in your your role. you're not really Secondly, wondering, Andrea. <laughs> You're not really wondering. I was unambiguous on Sunday. It is completely consistent with what the president has said. No. Well, I, I, she was really wondering. A, a lot of us are really wondering. Yeah, that was uh, MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell there out of the uh, TV studio, actually uh, 
in the press briefing there. And they, we, <laughs> being, I was going to make an Alan Greenspan joke, but I won't. Just being straight up lied to with all of us by when Pompeo says that the president has been consistent, that this is what the president has said uh, in his tweets when he said the opposite of what Pompeo is trying to assure everybody of. But this is exactly the sort of messaging that you'd expect from a White House that yesterday announced a full troop withdrawal from Iraq. And then 10 minutes later, claim that that was a mistake. Please disregard. <laughs> no full troop withdrawal. Uh, essentially saying it's a typo. That, it, uh, they said <laughs> it was a draft. A draft. It was a draft. <laughs> we accidentally hit send draft. <laughs> really blurring the lines so far this year between strategic muddying of the waters to ward off oversight and opposition and just base pants shitting levels of incompetence, the Trump administration. Either way, uh, these are a bunch of fucking sickos. One more clip here. This is Pompeo laying out the real threat to Iranian cultural sites as he sees it. Let me tell you who's done damage to the Persian culture. It's not the United States of America. It's the Ayatollah. The real risk to Persian culture does not come from the United States of America. That there is no, there is no mistake about that. Thank you all. Everybody have a good day. Thank you all. Have a great one. Pompeo is really just putting a uh, putting a, putting the crosshairs on himself with that press conference right there. <laughs> yeah, who's our who's our Soleimani? It's me. <laughs> There's a lot of chatter online and on this podcast about how we are Team Iran, and others have taken up that mantle as well. And how in a war between the U.S. and Iran, we'd root for Iran. And I want to be clear that I'm 100% sincere on that. I'm not doing irony at all. No, neither am I. Yeah. Okay. It, it's just, it, just to be clear. We are unambiguously the villain here. And if you can't see why people would want to martyr themselves going up against fucking reactionary dipshits and neoconservative scum like Mike Pompeo... I don't know what what there is to tell you at this point because it's it's fucking right there. It's plain as day. Yeah. Here's some democratic reaction to the Soleimani assassination. We're we're on total war footing here. We are on show. total war footing. There is nothing. Well, we'll get to more news later in the show, but it is mostly a war show. We're all black pilled now. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer is deeply concerned for the U.S. empire. I've grown increasingly concerned about the strike against Soleimani and what it might mean for the safety of American troops in the region and the future of America's involvement in the Middle East. Ah, yes, that thing we all know and love, America's involvement in the Middle East. To be fair, Schumer said he was concerned about war and called the president incompetent. It seems like the caucus is united on that issue. From Silama Tim Kaine dads to the most profane of Bernie teens. Here's Schumer. In my view, President Trump does not, does not have authority for a war with Iran. There are several important pieces of legislation by both Senators Kaine and Sanders to further limit, to limit further escalation with Iran and assert Congress's prerogative on these matters. Bernie Sanders leading on foreign policy yet again. Speaking of which, Sanders criticized Joe Biden's foreign policy record last night in an interview on CNN. 
The senator brought up Biden's support for the Iraq war and his support for worker-unfriendly free trade agreements. Get him. Biden gave an address this afternoon on foreign policy to address the Soleimani assassination. He didn't address Sanders' criticism. Scared. He did, however, come out with gems like this. It's been reported that the Pentagon, which has long warned against taking a shot like this, was shocked that Trump would take such a risk. That's been the reports. I can't verify that. As if the Pentagon did not suggest the killing of Soleimani to begin with and then carry it out. Shocked. And then Esper, by the way, did give a press briefing where he didn't seem shocked at all that Trump carried this out. No. And talked about how the Pentagon gave him this option. Like, chances are, if it's really true the Pentagon was pushing back, we would have read in the news that Trump said, let's assassinate Soleimani. And then the Pentagon spent hours pushing back and advising him against it, or at least tried at all, rather than just sort of shrug their shoulders and go, oh, okay, you chose that option. Can't wait till we start bombing Iranian cultural sites and people are like, the Pentagon was shocked that Trump ordered it and then went ahead and carried it out and gave him all the coordinates of all the cultural sites and everything. We, we just had to follow the norms, sir. Anyway, Biden later lamented the Iraqi government calling for U.S. forces to withdraw from that country. Here was part of his take. The Iran parliament, the Iran parliament voted to eject all Americans and coalition forces from the country. Well, we are a sundowning empire, so maybe he is the perfect president. Maybe he's predicting the future. God, Jesus. Senate Democrats took a step closer toward delivering Trump a major legislative victory. The Upper Chamber's Finance Committee passed the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement in a 25-3 vote. Two Republicans, Pat Toomey and Bill Cassidy, opposed the measure, complaining about the just bare minimum of labor and environmental concessions that Democrats were able to secure in negotiations. Toomey cried, quote, we've slapped on all of these provisions designed to restrict trade and investment. We'll get no economic growth out of this. This is like stuff to uh, allow Mexican workers to unionize and shit. One uh, Democrat on the panel opposed the agreement. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse argued that the deal didn't do enough to counteract climate change. A useful warning considering what's happening in Australia right now. The House already passed the UMCA and with it, Now being reported out of committee in the Senate, it will soon get a full vote on the Senate floor. Those plans, though, could be derailed by impeachment developments. The measure still needs to be approved by the Canadian and Mexican governments before it can formally take effect. Trump had campaigned on getting rid of NAFTA, and the USMCA does offer slivers of improvement over NAFTA, which was a complete disaster. But it still doesn't go far enough for workers in this hemisphere and for the climate. There's a lot of bad IP stuff in there, too. And fundamentally, it's another trade agreement written by and for transnational corporations. And that's ultimately why Bernie Sanders announced at the last debate that he would oppose the agreement. Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden are together on record supporting it. And I'm sure a lot of people will say that you know, major labor unions are supporting the U.S. Uh, MCA. 
guess what? Labor, major labor unions in this country have failed us. They have totally failed us time and time again over the past few decades. Uh, subject matter for another episode, I'm sure. Or if you want to call in the rant line and do that, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this issue, noble listener. 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We will play it on air. Uh, would you like to leave the listeners with one final thought, Sam Knight? Pete Buddha CI Edge? That's the show. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. We are back tomorrow with a brand new newscast. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be. <laughs>